title of the message is A Heart of Thanksgiving. God wants to create a people with gratitude, thanksgiving in their heart for him continually. Continually with his heart of thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing in everything. Turn to your neighbour and say, that means the good and the bad. In everything, give thanks. Say to your neighbour, give thanks. Say to your neighbour, in the good and the bad, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Praise him. We're going to the Gold Coast in a couple of weeks and uh, uh, I have a personal assistant who helps me. She calls me up and says, the event organiser's resigned because she's got some family problems. Praise the Lord. <laughs> we got a heap of people coming. Praise the Lord. Give thanks. When God shuts a door, it might seem in the natural a bad thing. But if you give thanks, you're giving thanks because you don't fully perhaps understand what's happening in the spiritual realm. That God has prepared something else. The natural mind is focused, this is the way I'm going, this is what I'm doing, this is how I'm doing it. And then you say, and Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord, but this is how I'm doing it. And then God says, well, I have a better plan for your life. And you go, this is how I'm doing it. And then he shuts the door. And then you whinge and complain because of God's goodness that he shut the door. Give thanks always, in all circumstances. Hallelujah. I remember my car died. Um, this is some years ago. Uh, I think it was leaking oil. <clears throat> and uh, my stepdad, who was Turkish, if you're Turkish, I love you. <laughs> my stepdad, who was Turkish, wonderful man of God, he said to me, never do business with a Turk. So I took my car to a car dealer, and they were Turks. <laughs> and I, my thought was, yeah, I better not say it. But anyway, <laughs> you know about car dealers. These were Turkish car dealers. And um, my stepdad had been ripped off big time by, anyway, so with his car. So I go to, and this Australian guy comes up to me. And we just start sharing. He wasn't Turkish. We just start sharing about the Lord. I don't want you to get the wrong thing. I'm not racist. Right? I love Turks. I went there, preached the gospel, had a great time with them. So anyway, and I was about to tell him about all the problems that this car had. And he said to me, shh, don't say anything. They're coming. <laughs> so I said, oh, maybe God doesn't want me to tell about the problems. So I didn't say anything. And they gave me a good price for the dead car. Praise the Lord. 
And I thought, well, they've ripped off a lot of people. So I'll take the blessing. So I bought an, another car on the credit card. And I'm like, I woke up about four in the morning. I'm like, oh, man, I feel terrible. You know, you ever been through poverty, you know? Credit card is just about maxed out. And I'm like, all right, I know what I have to do. Sitting in bed, lift your hands, Mark. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so I lift my hands. Lord, I praise you and thank you. My laptop is sitting beside my bed. And I see light shining on the bank account. I open up the laptop and someone had put in enough money to cover the, the car. Hallelujah. There's something about praising him when you don't feel like it. Give thanks in all circumstances. So I was a missionary in Paraguay, came back, Lord put in my heart, go and buy a house. Well, I didn't have any money. So I went to the bank and they said to me, you couldn't afford a tin shed. So I was feeling a bit demoralized. But the Lord had told me and shown me in a vision the house I was going to buy. Trouble was, I didn't have any money. So I'm out on the steps of the bank and I know what I have to do. I'm on the steps. Praise the Lord. Amen. I bought my house. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There's a specific type of thanksgiving. The word works effectively in you who believe. There's a specific types of th type of thanksgiving. When you're going through an issue, you take the promises of God that relate to your issue and you thank God for them. So when I was uh, stage four cancer, I'd, I'd take the promises of God by his stripes and I'd personalise it. I was healed. By his stripes, we are healed. And I'd thank him and praise him. Thank him and praise him. You know? And it's because the devil will take that your natural circumstances, put fear, anxiety, depression, misery, hopelessness, and all your friends around you be like Job. You hear what I'm saying? That's what the devil wants to do. You have a part to play. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know? If you have to, praise him all the way to the grave. Just keep praising him. Don't give up. You know, praise him all the way to the grave and in heaven, he'll be pleased with you. Amen. Praise the Lord. So Job 1.18. Well, so he's sitting there and then all the messengers come. Everything's destroyed in your life. So while one was still speaking, another also came and said, your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. It fell on the young people, and they are dead. 
I alone have escaped to tell you. Now we know from, the, from earlier in that chapter that this was allowed by God for Satan to do, all right? So this was satanic, okay? Now listen to Job. Then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. Wow. All his children are dead. All his livelihood is finished. And he falls to the ground and worships. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin, nor charge God with wrong. So thank God in his word. If, you, if you're in a situation where you've got nothing, it seems like there's nothing to praise God for, it seems like, then take his word and praise him for his word. So you're dead broke, Thank him that he is the Jehovah Jireh, that he is provider. He is providing for you. You're full of pain and sickness. Thank him, Lord, you are my healer. You said it is finished. I praise you and I thank you. Your partner, your wife, your husband's left you 20 years of marriage or something. You're totally devastated. You're suicidal. You, your heart is broken. And you, Lord, I thank you that you are my comforter. You comfort the brokenhearted. I thank you, Jesus. When you praise him, you thank him for his promises. It's a special type of walking by faith. It's a song of faith. It's a praise of faith. Praise him. Turn to your neighbor and say, no matter what you're going through, don't give the devil an opportunity by whinging. Thank him for what he has promised to do in your life. Faith comes before the solution is manifest. Praise isn't just praising him because he's done something. Praise, that's one form of praise, but praise in faith is praising him before he does it. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Don't be like whinging, complaining, being negative, and then, well, God did something, and now I'm happy. You'll be up and down like a yo-yo. Too many yo-yo Christians. Oh, there's a problem. Down we go. Oh, praise the Lord. Something good's happened. Up and down, up and down, up and down. That's why those of us who are called in the ministry and, you know, there's a calling on all of us are to be ready in season and out of season to preach the word. In season means it's good going. Out, out of season means it's tough going. 
but we're to be stable in our spiritual life. And one way that we can be stable is by giving thanks in all circumstances. Amen? Praise will bring a breakthrough because God dwells amongst the praises of his people. God is in praise. Amen? God is in your praise. God is in your praise. I want to encourage you. I'm not putting something on you. I just want to encourage you to think about it. When you get up in the morning, before you have your coffee, before you let the devil come in with a lot of negativity, get up out of bed, lift your hands to the ceiling and praise him. Lift your eyes to heaven, praise him. And thank him. Thank him. Thank you, Lord, for revival. Thank you, Lord, for changed lives. Thank you, Lord, for miracles. Thank you, Lord, you're moving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank him. Praise him. His mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. Amen. And after you praise him, then you'll have opportunity to thank him for his faithfulness. You'll see what the Lord does. Praise God. You're here because I thank God that you were coming before you registered. Amen. For we walk by faith. Praise is by faith. Praise is not based on sight. Hallelujah. Do you know how good God is? When you have a revelation of the goodness of the Father, it's so much easier to thank him. Jeremiah 31.3, the Lord says, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with kindness, I have drawn you. Again, I will build you, and you shall be rebuilt. O virgin of Israel, you shall again be adorned with your tambourines. You shall go forth in the dances of those who rejoice. Verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the isles afar off, and say, He who scattered Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd does his flock. John chapter 10. Who is your shepherd? Jesus. You are his flock. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob and ransomed him from the hand of one stronger than he. Therefore they shall come and sing in the height of Zion, streaming to the goodness of the Lord for wheat and new wine and oil, for the young of the flock and the herd. Their souls shall be well-watered garden and they shall sorrow no more at all. Then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance, the young men and the old together, for I will return their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and make them rejoice rather than sorrow. I will soak, satiate the soul of the priest with abundance. We are the priests of God. He wants to soak and overflow your soul with the abundance and goodness of God. 
and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, says the Lord. Amen. He is good and he is merciful. Some people say, oh, God put this sickness on me. God took this person from me. God did this. God did that. And all these evil things. God is not evil. He is good. He does good things to his children. Jesus Christ died on the cross that you might experience the raw goodness of God. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. By his blood you are redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. You were in the wilderness wandering. They found no city to dwell in. They were hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted in them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. You cried to the Lord. He's faithful to deliver you out of your distresses. He led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city for a dwelling place. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men, for he satisfies the hungry soul. He fills the hungry soul with goodness. Turn to your neighbor and say, my God is good. My God is merciful. My God is full of goodness. You know, God's goodness is revealed in his promises. Amen. His, his goodness is in the word, in all of his promises. He's the savior of the world, savior of the soul. Praise God. He takes away our sin. Do you know what sin is? Sin is whatever violates the righteous principle of God's word. God's word. So many people don't know what sin is. Did you know that if the Holy Spirit opens your eyes to see the righteousness of God and to see the foulness of sin, it is one of the greatest blessings you could ever have. But because through repentance you can inherit the kingdom of heaven. My elderly mother, she's turning 89. She went to a little Baptist church in North Carolina when she was a teenager. And the Holy Spirit showed her her sin. She realized that she was a sinner and she received Christ as her savior. Her life has been forever changed. Just before I left to come here, she calls me up, says, Mark, I want you to know I'm praying for you. I'm praying for the meetings. Born again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not die but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. We need a saviour from sin. But many people don't know what sin is. And the church itself, many churches are confused. They're trying to be like the world, accept the, the, the values of the world, and they stop preaching repentance. How can, how can people be saved without a righteous preacher? You know, there are uh, sins of the heart, unforgiveness, resentment, 
unless you forgive your brother, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. Because unforgiveness denies the power of the blood of Jesus shed for your forgiveness. You have to forgive. And forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is obedience to the word of God. Lord, I forgive them. The person who raped me, molested me, I forgive them. I bless them. I walk in the love of God. I let them go. Amen? Lest bitterness get into your heart. There are sins of the occult and witchcraft. And you know, when you come to these types of sins, the devil is a liar and he traps people with deception. And so people get involved in stuff because they do not know the light of Christ. They do not know the standards of God's word. They think that they're, they're getting involved in Reiki. They're getting involved in, in some things. They're seeing some spiritual healer and so on. And they don't realize. They lack discernment to see the bottom of the well. What is the bottom of the well? When I was sick with cancer, I thought, I'll, I'll talk to someone about my, my diet. So I called up a naturopath, and they said, oh, what we'll do is we'll balance your energies. And I'm like, no. What well, spiritual well, what are they up to? I'm not here to offend you. I'm here to shine light. When I was preparing to be a missionary in the 1990s, we had a guy come to instruct us, and he used to be uh, a guru, a master guru, okay? And he said what they used to do in Hinduism is he, they would sit in a lotus position, cross-legged, in front of a picture with circles. And he, he said they, they would go, om, om. And he said the outer circle were the little demons. And they were inviting them into their genitals, come into the genitals and then fill their bodies. And the goal was to get to the principality at the center. And he was telling us about yoga and how yoga is the nice end of what they... Spiritually, this is where it comes from. So, you know, people, they don't understand what they're involved in. And, you know, you get Christians involved in all sorts of stuff and they don't realise, the Christians don't realise because they've embraced the values of the world. They don't have any, they lack spiritual insight and discernment into the roots of what, what is happening. And it's dangerous. You get yourself ensnared. And then you have to you almost, you know, one of the ways you get out is by going to someone who can see the word of God. Hebrews chapter 6, that the mature are those who discern between good and evil. You have to go to someone who can discern between good and evil and see the light and see what's evil in your life to be able to kick it out. Hallelujah. 
Many, many Christians are deceived. You need to meditate on the word, you know? Praise God. So, he's the savior of the world. All his promises reveal his goodness. He's the healer of the body. That's Jesus. Matthew 4, 23, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness. All kinds of sickness. There's nothing that's not included in the word all. He does it all. Just because you haven't seen it happen doesn't mean it's not in the word all. Amen? I had someone write to me... Um, I think yesterday, and they said, well, I'm stunted in growth and I'm despairing because I don't think God can do anything about that. And then I was reflecting on it and I, I remembered a seven-year-old boy in Bendigo, Victoria. And he came and he was, came up front. He had no eardrum. He had a constant ear infection born without an eardrum, under the care of an audiologist since he was, I don't know, baby or something. And he was stunted in growth and he wore size four, four or five, I think size four clothing. Stopped growing. I said, do you believe that Jesus Christ will do this? And this little boy said, of course I do. <laughs> Amen. And then the power of God came on that little boy. He said, I felt a bone move. And he could hear, went back to the audiologist. No eardrum, but could hear. And he grew, I think it was seven centimeters, 10 centimeters, something like that, in, I think it was three months. Just because you haven't seen it happen doesn't mean it can't happen. He healed all kinds of diseases. Amen. So just read your Bible. Uh, he's a comforter of the troubled, 2 Corinthians 1.3. He's a deliverer of the pressed, Psalm 18 verse 2. He's the provider of the needy, the Jehovah Jireh, 20, Genesis 23.14. He's joy for the depressed, John 15. 15.11, he's peace to the anxious, John 16.33, he's a sound mind to the mentally ill, 2 Timothy 1.7. Amen? Amen? So you can have this heart, you can develop this heart of thanksgiving by meditating on the promises of God and thanking him, thanking him, thanking him for his promises. Amen? So Sarah's going to come and tell us about Ruth and Naomi. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah, give them a big clap. So I didn't know what uh, Dad was going to preach on um, tonight. Uh, and just in my reading, in my reading plan this morning, I was reading the book of Ruth. Um, and I was, I was struck by this... Uh, this passage where um, Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law, says when she's returning from Moab to Israel, she says, don't call me Naomi, 
Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. And I was, I was reflecting on my life and, and seeing the, the parallels and seeing, um, you know, I know the story of Ruth. I know, I know the end of the story. I know where she ends up. She, she is a direct, she's in the direct line of Jesus. From her line comes Jesus. And I knew the end of the story. And I thought, wow, isn't that so typical of, of all of us at one point or another when life takes a, a bad turn? We think, that's it, it's over. God has forsaken me. He has rejected me. I've done something wrong or someone's wronged me and that's it, it's all over. Change my name. I'm no longer Naomi. Call me Mara. And, and you know what? God's like, just hold on. Hold on. It's a setup. It's just a setup. Have a little patience. Have a little faith. Just a mustard seed of faith. This is just a setup. You don't see the entire tapestry of the beautiful work that I'm doing in your life. And sometimes you got to go through the hard stuff to get to the good stuff that God's planned. It's a setup for his destiny for your life. And it reminded me of uh, Psalm 66. It says, For you, O God, tested us. You refined us like silver. You brought us into prison and laid burdens on our backs. Isn't that lovely? You let men ride over our heads, God. What are you doing? We went through fire and water. But, but, there's always a but in life. But you brought us to a place of abundance. Amen? Amen. So it reminded me of my life. I once was a social worker. I studied five years to be a social worker. I was uh, um, backslidden. I was very worldly. I was chasing my own uh, ambitions. I had this grand plan for my life. You know, anyone heard of the five-year plan? I I had many five-year plans. And you know what? God took my career from me to grab my attention, and it was very painful. It was, I was devastated, absolutely devastated. And God, in his mercy, allowed me to go through that devastation. And today, I thank God for that pain and that devastation because he pulled me out of that And here I am traveling the world, worshiping his name, and that's what I do full time. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Amen. He brought me out into rich fulfillment. He brought me into abundance. So I just want to encourage you, if you're going through something, just hold on. It's just a setup. Just don't change your name. Hold on to your name, the name that God gave you. It's a good one. Just hold on. He knows the end of the story. He knows where he's taking you. Just trust him. Trust him. He's a good shepherd. He'll lead you through the valley of the shadow of death. He'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies.
His rod and his staff will comfort you. Just hold on to him. Just hold on to him. Tell that devil to go away. Stop chatting in your ear. Just hold on to him and praise him. The beginning of that psalm says, Shout with joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing praise to your name. Come and see what God has done, how awesome his works in man's behalf. They turn the sea, he turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the waters on foot. Come, let us rejoice in him. He rules forever by his power. His eyes watch the nations. Let not the rebellious rise up against him. Praise our God, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. He has preserved our lives and kept our feet from slipping. Amen. Hallelujah. I sing praises to your name, O Lord, praises to your name, O Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. I give glory to your name, O Lord, glory to your name, O Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. Amen. So remember Job and what was intended by the Lord. In the end, Job repented, came into a deeper spiritual relationship with the Lord, and not only was everything restored, but God gave him back everything in abundance, multiplied much more. Think of Joseph. He, he was sold into slavery, but at the end, look at the end. What has God intended for your life? The deeper you go, the, the worse the problem, the greater the exaltation. For God exalts the humble. You know, I went to, uh, basically did eight years of theological college, you know, degrees, diplomas, all this sort of stuff. But it was through the school of suffering, through the school of problems, that where I really touched with God, you know? So when you're going through the problems, remember he has an intention. What God has intended for your life, what he wants to do in your life. For, for I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man what God has planned, amen? What God has planned. So give him thanks. Give him praise in the midst of problems. Amen.
Praise the Lord. So, you want to go deeper with Jesus. You realize that you're backslidden. You realize that you've been doing the, the church stuff, whatever, but Jesus Christ is living. He's alive. He wants a personal relationship with you. He wants to be your Lord and Savior. He wants a personal commitment to him. He wants repentance of sin. He wants a clean life. And if you're ready to go deeper with him, I invite you only if you want to go deeper with him to make him Lord of your life. Just stand right now. Those who want, Lord, I want to recommit my life to you. I want to give my life to you. I want to follow you. I want to be full on for you. Just stand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If the Holy Spirit is moving in your heart, say, Jesus, I want a living relationship with you. I want to commit my life with you. I've had enough of sin. I want the blood of Jesus to cleanse my heart. I want a living relationship, commitment, consecration to you. That's my desire. As a young man at the back of the building, your heart is like, should I do this, should I do this? Go ahead, stand up. Go ahead, stand up. Make Jesus Christ your Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now just begin to confess to Jesus your sins, wherever you are. Sins of the mouth, anger, swearing, whatever it is. Lust, pornography, addictions. Fornication, any type of sin, sexual activity outside of a husband and wife, any involvement in the occult, entertaining yourself with Harry Potter or whatever it is, works of darkness, just ask him to forgive you. Just repent. Unforgiveness, bitterness. Thank you, Lord. Now let's pray together. Terence. Let's pray together. Let's close your eyes. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I open my heart to Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me for my sin. Come into my heart. I want a living relationship. I commit my life to you above anyone or anything in my life. You are my, now my priority. You are my Lord. Give me your grace, your help to do what you want to live my life 24-7 to please you, a life of prayer. Cleanse me with the blood of Jesus. Save my soul. I believe heaven is my home. The Holy Spirit 
indwells my heart, I am born again. I am justified. All my sin is gone. I am no longer under condemnation. I have no shame. The past is over. I am a new creation. I am born again. Thank you, Jesus. The devil is a loser. I just overcame. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Give him a clap. Amen. Praise God.